This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. Goodness. What a whirlwind of a week. I can't even believe that we're doing this today because you're going to another country like really soon. You should feel really like complimented because I've canceled almost everything but this today. Well, uh, you know as well as I do that I'm high maintenance and I need a lot of reassurances that I'm your favorite human. So if you cancel, I would cry. (laughs) I have a colleague I work with and if I don't hear from her for a couple days, like I'm like, did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. And I told her that I was like, it's my social anxiety. You know, I get or social dysmorphia, I guess it's called, because with the ADHD, sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, did I say or do something that was, like, inappropriate? Like, I, you know, sometimes <laughs> I care, sometimes I don't. With work things, I tend to care. And uh, so I'll get a text from her. She's like, it's been 48 hours. I haven't spoken to you. I just want you to know I still love you. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I'm like, I feel so seen. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, what I think you and I need to do to each other is, like, we have to talk or... You know, we just have to. We do go on uh, long stints of radio silence. We do, but I still love you. I know. No, I just always assume that your life is insane. Yes, that's correct. And I don't like to show off that, like, my kid's in college and my time is my own. (laughs) I don't want to be too over the top smug about that, even though I am. Uh (laughs) Because, you know, it's like, Right here, it just <laughs> even you saying that I'm like, don't cry. We're we're doing video today. Do not cry. <laughs> Do not. Because yesterday I almost you know how I just saw this meme that there's like four types of showers and it's like one is just like you know getting it done, getting ready for the day. Another is you know shampooing your hair and you know getting your everything clean. The third one is like go girl. It's like exfoliate, shave the legs, and the fourth one is like just let the water rush over you and try to take away the stress of the day so you mm-hmm. don't like end up in a ball of tears. I'm like wow. I've taken a lot of those last ones. Like, <laughs> you think that's not great. I have to tell you, most of my showers lately have been of the, how cold can I get this variety? Gang <laughs> Florida, man. My God. Hey, you know what? It has not been, it's like sort of had cool mornings, it being Florida. We've had kind of like coolish mornings where it's below 80 and there's not a heat index at 9 a.m. And I've ridden the past two mornings, like over an hour, and I've felt the coolness in the air, and it's it's fall. <laughs> now, imagine a place where you can do that like six months out of the year. I can. I'm almost, and we're almost to, the six months out of the year is almost here. It's coming. Oh, that's right. Because in North Florida, think, it's much cooler. I think I'd have to leave Florida in the summer. I just don't think I can do it. We've ever, talked about at it. All. 
I know. I know. Well, I mean, listen, there's winter people and summer people. I don't want to like go over this, but obviously we're different. Um, <laughs> yeah. Today I have a writing lesson. It's the first one I haven't canceled in three weeks. Ooh. Yeah. And trust me, I don't want to cancel. It's like someone's got a marching band thing and I have to volunteer for another school event and school hasn't even started. Um, oh, you know, God. things. So I'm leaving for Iceland. I'm like, you know what I should probably do? Probably get on a fucking horse. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> and so I'm averaging once a week at max right now, mm-hmm. which again is still better than it used to be, you know? Um, but yeah, so I'm like, if it rains on me today, because it's it looking a little rainy, <laughs> I'm still going to go because yeah, you got to ride in the rain. I need, I need it. I need it. You got to be all weather, health. Heather. All weather, Heather. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Except for the heat. So it's like fair well, weather, Heather. Well, yeah, safe weather, Heather, right? Because the heat can be dangerous, but rain or is just no heat weather, rain. Heather. No heat, Heather. <laughs> what's your low though? What's your what's your maximum low or to ride in or minimum low or maximum like low? low degrees? Yeah, like where will you draw the line? If somebody says, "Let's go riding," and you're psyched for it, and then you look at the weather and you cancel, what's the temperature? Under thirty degrees. Under thirty, because your feet. Like, Freeze. Well, it's mostly just I just I don't really think it's fair for like the horse's lungs. Like I could dress appropriately, but mm-hmm. I don't even work. If it's 25 degrees, I don't work in that weather. It's everyone's muscles are tight. Yeah. It's just not conducive. Like I wait for the cold snap to pass. Um, I hate doing that. It doesn't happen really. So like, yeah, but then for riding in the heat, that's a different question. Yeah. If it's over 85, I will not get on a horse at all. Oh, my goodness. No, I don't do it. I don't like riding when it's below 60 degrees. Uh, (laughs) If that were the case, I would maybe have like a month to ride the entire year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I will if I trust the horse. But like, you know, I wouldn't get on, you know, a baby in Florida if the temperature suddenly dropped from 80 to 60. Because remember, we only have precipitous drops. We don't have extended ones. Um but I, it's just like conditioned into me that it's, oh, it's a little chilly. I'm in trouble out there. <laughs> See, I love that because both horses are a little bit pokey mm. when it's hot. And so that's great for a trail ride. Like I like that. So I do it like, when I can. I do a lot of trail rides on horses and remind me to share a little snippet with you for later. Um, <laughs> but I actually find I work hard, less hard when it's cooler out because my horse is more forward so it's just half halt here half halt there circle and you know but i actually have a forward momentum as opposed to like post squeeze post squeeze post squeeze and like the whole time just trying to like egg my horse forward that's exhausting i don't think i've ever had a pokey horse well i have too i have you're welcome (laughs) pokey horses but i don't think i've ever had one in my barn that was my horse I I exclusively have hot horses. I'm, my quarter horse is hot. <laughs> Listen, I I like I don't mind forward. I always tell people like I don't mind forward at all. I find forward easier to ride than pokey. But what I like is quiet. And yeah, there's a difference because quiet is a personality I, trait. Yeah, I feel like I have a quiet horse who gets forward. Like he doesn't. He's not like. <gasps> I'm psychotic. He's just going, we cancered. What's next? You know, right. <laughs> it's a different level of interest 
in his surroundings. And we're working on cantering and coming back from canter to trot nicely. Like that's our current status, like training goal. So I'm hyper aware of it. <laughs> well, what's funny is, and I think I posted this on the Timid Rider the other day on my on my Instagram. Um, Ferris was particularly slow the other day. Like, like um, not sucking back, but like basically trotting in reverse, right? Like it was like <laughs> the smallest steps he could take. And I was just like, this is the most ridiculous. And I, I try not to wear a spur because spurs for lifting, not forward, you know, all that. And um, but I was like, oh, some days you need it. So instead, I asked one of the, the assistant trainers, I said, can you please pull out a ground pole, like take that cross rail and make it a two stride ground pole where we can like trot it. The second he saw we were coming into that bending line, I got ears up, jiggy, 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 and I had to hold that pony back. He got so excited that I'm now referring to them as happy sticks, and we will only be doing those to warm up. Happy stick only. He wants to be a show jumper. Yeah, well, he's a hunter, and he hasn't – we're trying to get back into the jumping you know, mm-hmm. but he's so excited that he wants to be a show jumper yeah. because he's, he rushes because he's like, oh, my God, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. So but I need my hunter back. Like I need to be able to drop the reins, pick up the, you know, like he's. That's not but real. That's, it is. He <laughs> used to be like that until I stopped jumping regularly and he had all the health issues. So it's my fault. So now I'm kind of like, no, 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 we're going to get there. But you got to be muscled up so you don't have to like gallop into it. Well, and that's fuck why yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's running at them because he's like, I got to make sure I can get over it because he doesn't trust his body. That and he's super excited about it. So, <laughs> you know, we didn't jump the canter poles, which is what he wanted to do. We trotted it. So, you know, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds it was good. Fun. Well, we're all going into fall on like super cheerful notes. So I'm happy for us. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. I just... um. Got to get through this week. I just got to get through the week. Isn't there there's something, there's a saying about adulthood is just saying, I got to get through this over and over. But childhood is too, because it's like there's an exam and then there's this and then there's that. So There's always something. Yeah, you're always just trying to get through something. I well, have, and you know, and we have a, a I'm sure we've, we've got to do a travel episode, but like when you're planning something big and you're preparing everything for, for leaving, yeah. suddenly it's like, your brain is almost just focused on the one thing. And so everything else goes out the window. Yeah, that's really true. Um, It reminds me of planning, you know, when I plan for a hurricane here, how that takes like two days of just, just plotting and lists and getting things taken care of outside and inside. And it's ridiculous. It just eats your entire day for something, you know, probably isn't going to happen. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot like going on a vacation and just, Everything that has to be put in order before you can leave the house or leave the farm. Oh, so much work. You almost don't want to do it. And then, you know, when you come back, you're going to have to like compounded work because of all the things that didn't happen. So um, just to give you an example of where my mindset is and why today's probably going to be fun (laughs) is um, I had it in my head. Now, I book my own travel for this event, right? Mm -hmm. I created the event. I have no one to blame with the fact that for some god awful reason, I thought I was leaving on Tuesday when I'm not. And so I booked clients Monday and Tuesday morning thinking I'm leaving, you know, 8 p.m. on this flight. I checked my flight details because I'm an anxious person and I was so fucking wrong. I had to cancel 14 people and be like, sorry, I'm going to be on a plane. 
So how many hours were you off by? 24. <laughs> I'm leaving Monday. Oh I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Highly embarrassed. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> thankfully, all of those people are regular clients. But everyone was like trying to scooch me in because, you know, they've got a show or they know I'm going out of town and they don't want to wait the extra two weeks. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That, you know, the one thing you have going for you in this is that you're Heather. They can't replace you. They can't replace you. There's no one can ever do the work that you do with the pizzazz that you do. And they know it. <laughs> there is some pizzazz. And there's a lot of like, oh, shit, I'm so fucking sorry. Yep. That's going out right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So whoops on that. Um, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. Everything's fine. I'm just going to breathe. Yeah. You've got breathe. this. Gonna be great. <laughs> oh, but you must be excited. I mean, I, it looks not like a trip I would want to do, but it certainly seems right up your alley. <laughs> We're not riding on any mountains, Natalie. It's going to be fine. It just I, – Iceland just looks very um, cold and sort of shaggy. Like, yes, I like shaggy, small, cold horses. (laughs) I'm going to get so much flack for saying that. Like, look, everybody loves what they love. Okay. And I just, I just don't have it on my list. (laughs) No. And that's really fine because I mean, we haven't even, we haven't even announced a date for the the one next year. And Mm -hmm. we've got a wait list of over 30 people who want to do this ride. The, the, because the thing about it is that it's not an adventure ride. Mm -hmm. It's at all. It's a ride that I want to do, which is yoga to like, you know, stretch out my broke butt and, you know, keep my hip flexors moving. It's gated horses, which are incredibly comfortable that I can mount from the ground. (laughs) And it's and it's, you know, walk told we might do a little gallop or whatever, a little canter here or there if everyone's comfortable. But we don't have to. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to be pushed and kind of afraid. Uh, which is why I want to do that Scottish borders ride where you just like gallop across the Scottish borders. Um, because I know I won't do things unless I'm being compelled to do them. I was thinking about this this morning. I was having some self-discovery. Um, and I've had so many issues with like being, like pushing myself to my breaking point that now I protect myself by not working that hard. And, um, in order for me to like jump and do some of the things that I want to do, there has to be a compulsion that's outside. It's an outside force. So you're saying my laziness is like, in fact, association. I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think no, that's I think, good. I think that's good. I you think do you're well with pressure. Better at relaxation. No, yeah, you do better with pressure, right? Yeah. Like, so for me, I'm I'm an asshole. I'm a rebel. If you tell me to do something, I'm be like, who the fuck made you God? Like, I do not like being told what to do ever. Mm-hmm. And sure, of course, I get better at that. But like, for me, I'm more of a, um, I wouldn't call myself an adventurer. I would call myself a traveler. So like, I want to see it. I want to experience it. And if I'm galloping across the black sand beaches or the moors or whatever, 
And all I'm thinking is like, breathe, relax, don't, you know, hold with your knees, stay with the group, don't let them raise. Like, that's not enjoyable for me. Yeah, I don't get to that see would be, everything. That's not, to me, that's not like vacationing. Exactly. Right. When I vacation, um, it's how late can I sleep? How much can I eat? You know, like how how much is the drink package mm-hmm. going to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, tell me all the ways that I can protect myself from breaking <laughs> in my real life by relaxing to the absolute max, which is so that's why I've never like done any of those international riding trips, because that wouldn't be if you only get so much vacation time. That's not how my family wants to spend it. So that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I just think it's cool, you know, because I think so many people, like my friends all go on adventure rides. They love it. I've gone on a couple. Some of them look really great. Um, my friend just got back from a ride where she went to South Africa and she said, I think you'd really like this one because you can choose which group you go with. If you want to do a walk trot with a little canner, um, if you want to do like the full on gallop and go, like mm. you can choose and it's okay if you want to opt out and have wine and cheese i'm like that sounds exactly like what i need that does sound good Mm -hmm. right yeah so that's kind of what i'm going for with the iceland retreat and um, i'm incorporating you know the yoga with kathy woods and so that's a little different um but again that pushes me because i don't do yoga i mean i would like to i just never incorporate it into my daily life i do off and on like i'm on a yoga kick right now um, and I don't know how long it'll last. <laughs> I always feel better when I do it. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I sleep better when I do it because oh, nice. I'm more in touch with like, just think about your breathing and your body kind of nonsense. And then I fall back asleep better. So there's a lot to be said for that. I'll probably try to do some later because I always, what I run into always is that first thing in the morning, what are you going to do first thing in the morning? Everything's better first. So pick one. Fuck. You know, <laughs> my God, how do you choose? Well, I, I mean, I said so last week I did like a sort of um, like a, almost like a like a diagram in my head where I said, what do I need to do? Like I need to write because that's my business and I need to ride my horse because that feeds my writing and I need to do yoga because that makes me stronger to ride better. And I was like, oh, shit, that puts yoga first. So Mm. I was doing yoga first, but it was so hot in the afternoons that it wasn't cool enough, cooling off enough for me to ride in the evening. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, I can do yoga in the air conditioning. So that can be later in the day. So it's this whole... I'm oh like, you're adulting. Thing. Like you've you've mastered the adulting thing. It's and you know, I thought about that. I was like, I'm not really as much of a mess right now as I believe that my fans want me to be. And I apologize. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants you to be a mess. Like I think you're more relatable you. when you're a mess. And if I well, appear, then I'm fucking amazing. If okay. I appear to be getting my shit together, please know it's brief, guys. Don't. <laughs> Don't feel that I'm I've suddenly ascended and I'm I'm above you and I'm out of your league. I am still down in the mud with the rest of you. <laughs> you're just having, you know what, it's peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. You're having a peak right I now am. and everything's like really going well. I, am I think that's peak. awesome. And I'm I am struggling with one of the books that I'm working on, so there's that. It's not that's not going great. It's not going terribly, but it's not going great. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to keep okay. things real. All right. I'm cl- I'm climbing out of a valley right now with mm-hmm. this 
spring with my daughter and like her mental health and we're 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 climbing we're like gripping it we're climbing by our and i really feel like this fall like we're we're there like i I think i will be at a peak it's just a matter of just getting the over that precipice right there like that last little ledge that's so great gotta get past it i'm glad you had a a rough few months yeah yeah and that's how it goes it goes up it goes down that's right it's almost comforting except i realized that a a valley does lie ahead (laughs) yes but maybe it's like a one of those you know mountain ranges with like you know a lot of i'm gonna mess up this analogy i'm just gonna stop myself right there because like i'm picturing in my head i'm like i don't think i have words for that like like maybe there's a rain map analogy this sounds good yeah let's let's do some cartography let's get into the weeds with this So maybe it's more appalachians as opposed to like you know the the western mountain ranges where you have like the really like deep ass gorges and canyons mm-hmm. like maybe it's like oh my god a little lake you know coming up and that's cool yeah paddle against the lake you know i like that yeah it's not yeah. even adirondacky we're talking like blue ridge super chill just mm-hmm. kind of rolls like down to the rolling. piedmont so even yeah. when you're in the piedmont you're like this isn't so bad i'm in the piedmont there you go exactly that's good so, I mean, thank you. You helped me finish that out because I did lose <laughs> it a little bit in the way. But, you know, I still find it ironic that we have a podcast because, as Jason says, um, words are not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> like talking sometimes like the, you know, they do this thing where they're like, oh, you know, people don't always picture or in their head or have an internal dialogue. I'm like, I have pictures and words in my head. Like, it's really hard to get all of that out. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I think up really great things to say to like, you know, um, when you texted me earlier with the time to start, I was giving Ben a bath after we rode. So I was like, okay, I'm thinking about what I want to say and the things I want to cover. I'm like, I'm so smart. I have a lot of wisdom to share. I really probably will not say any of those things because they're not in my head now and they're not coming back just because I want them to. Well, I think that's the best thing about our podcast is like, it's very ad hoc. I was like, what are we going to talk about today? And we just go. Like, yeah. there's no preparation. We, we don't read a script or our notes. I mean, by you asking 10 minutes beforehand what we were going to talk about, that was 10 minutes sooner than we usually. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Yay. And I already knew just because we had like kind of talked about it a week ago, but we were going to talk more about mindset, which I feel like is what we're talking about already in a weird, very roundabout way, because we talked about you packing and getting into the vacation mindset without um, losing your entire business. I feel like we covered that a little in terms of preparation. (laughs) And the peaks and valleys, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because our mindset is not the same all the time. It changes. It gets better. It gets worse. And sometimes there's things we got to work on, right? Always something to work on. Yeah. I mean, that's been peak on my mind, you know, over the past few weeks, months, really, but really weeks in getting Ben off the farm and uh, starting to dip my toe back into showing and wondering how far I'll take it kind of thing. And I've had a lot of time to think over the past week about the finances of showing and the um, 
the repercussions of showing when you're a married person. <laughs> you have to share this. Oh, is this causing some drama with Corey? It's not. The point is I don't want it to. Got it. Good. Uh, I'm glad. And that was where I was, you know, I was thinking about how I protect myself from getting in too deep with things by not getting into things. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I had, you know, I had to step back a little and say, you need to look at what you're actually capable of accomplishing with all the tools you have right now, not all the tools you wish you had or all the money you wish you had or something like that. And then say, okay, this is going to be my horse show goal. And here are the ways that I can approach it over the next two months. Do you know what I'm what I'm talking about? Instead of going, horse shows. Oh, I'm going to win shows. I'm going to go to championships. I'm going to get ribbons. Woo! Which was always like what your mindset was in the past. Yeah. My mindset in the past was like, bitches, I'm going all the way. And that tends to be my mindset with everything I do, which is how I get crazed and burned out and but that's also how you become successful so it's like you know getting there but then trying to rein yourself back just a tad right yeah absolutely it's being in control it's being in control oh i have a i i have a control problem i have a (laughs) hundred percent if if someone's like why are you a timid writer i'm like control like that's yeah that's it Mm -hmm. well i just want to control my own worst tendencies Oh. So that I temper myself. And and because if you let horses eat everything in your life, they will do it really happily. And there's not room for anything else when that happens. And that's what I don't want to do again in terms of I spend all my money on showing and training and coaching. I spend all of my weekend show or coaching. Or school, you know, I don't want that because all of the cool stuff that I've done um, since I gave up that mindset 20 years ago have been because I wasn't spending every last dime on the showing, the coaching, the school, you know, I want to stay that way. I want to have both. (laughs) And for me to have both, one thing has to be much smaller than the other. Well, you can show periodically and not make it your life. Right. But it is hard because you want to chase that feeling of like pride Mm -hmm. and goal setting and all that. You you know, it becomes not to bring back another episode, but it becomes like almost something that you want to repeat and repeat and repeat and becomes a little addictive. Mm -hmm. But it's good that you're mature enough. To understand that about yourself and to like rein it in. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still actively working on setting boundaries. I just got two job offers this week <laughs> because I'm killing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like things are going really, really great. And they're like, oh, we, things are going great. We want you part of our team. I'm like, no, like I can't, like it sounds great. Would love to do that. Nope. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can barely manage what I've got. Right. Yeah. And it comes down to well, what do I, do I have anything I would give up? Right. And, and I if don't. I don't then whatever my new aspiration is has to get smaller because I'm not giving up anything else to have it. You know, so, and, you know, for example, yesterday I got an invitation to join a book signing at Barnes & Noble in Ocala. And I looked at the email and I was like, yay. And then I looked at it again. I said, oh, I really wanted to go to an event that weekend. Like that was kind of the event I had my eyeball on since like March. And 
I thought I thought about it for a few minutes, and then I was like, "You can't justify not doing a book signing with." Well, I'm going to go to a horse show. Like you just can't. <laughs> one of those things is your business, and the other one of those things really one happens every weekend. <laughs> it's Ocala, <laughs> and it's meant to be. Uh, it's supposed to feed your business, not be your business. You know. It just felt like a not mature thing and something I could not easily explain to my husband. So that plays back into the keep married part. Well, and something you could do another weekend. So if, like if that's there's what options, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And even if it if wasn't, then if I had to do it the next month instead, I have to do it the next month instead because it's not my priority. It's just something I want. That's That's the thing that I have trouble with, I think, the most is the priorities mm-hmm. because I... I love to work. Like I, I need to work. I don't think I'll ever stop working in some capacity. I love what I do. But the better I am, the more busy I am. And then, yes, I'm paying my bills for the horses because really I, I focus on paying my bills for the horses. But then I'm like it starts to, to teeter over and to take all my time away from the horses. Yeah. So it's like what's enough? And so then I try to set these boundaries where I have only set days and hours that I'm working. Mm-hmm. But then I feel bad because someone's like, I really need you or I have this or my horse is lame or, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I'll give you my slot. That slot was for my horses. So I well, really struggle with that. If it were me, I would just um, pick a couple of people who take up a lot of my time and I would raise my rates. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be... Uh, and that's always, you know, I see that a lot with, you know, people run your own, when you run your own business and it becomes that thing where, you know, the boomer tells you not to buy the latte anymore so you can buy the house. And you're like, dude, I haven't bought a latte in 10 years. Like they're like $6, <laughs> you know, like I already cut that out. There's My nothing, daughter makes her own. Right. When you reach that point where there's nothing else to cut. And I think sometimes people don't understand that's like a very real problem. And when it comes to your time where there's nothing else to cut, then you have to raise your rates and let the clients cut themselves. <laughs> like that's just- Well, and you, you know what I do is twice a year, I shut down new clients. I do not take new clients. Mm-hmm. Like I just pause it because, you know, of course, some people move or an animal passes away or, or something like that. Or they get exponentially better instead of needing me every two weeks. They need me every six weeks, right? Right. So like – so I find that I do that. But then, of course, what happens – this happens probably with the same thing when you raise rates. You end up getting more people interested. Suddenly you say no more and then everyone wants you. <laughs> <laughs> I should say I'm not going to write any more books. Panic everybody. Oh, you would have a revolt on your hands. And then do a, you can't a do that. <laughs> You would probably make bank, maybe, because um, you have like a cult. I do. Following. I love my cult. You I really, love you guys. You have the best readers, <laughs> and that's not to say I don't have the best readers, but I I don't think mine are um, as um, intensely, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you're, no, you're, they're great, and there's nothing wrong about it. Like I'm not cutting into like don't make this a thing. Like, but I'll go to places and people are like, oh my god, I read Natalie's book. <laughs> I've read everything she's ever read. I'm like, that's so awesome. And then she's like, how is she in real life? And I'm like, oh, we're there now. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just excited to be like talking to you at this point. Like, you know, because apparently I'm in the presence of greatness. So, 
That's what I mean. Like oh when my, my readers come up to me and they're like, oh, my God, I read it. It resonated so well. Like this is my horse. Let me show you pictures. Like it's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh, no. Well, um, I'm very wise and beautiful. Um, you are. Very stylish, as you can see. Well, very and stylish. now we're doing video. Yep. For our, our, our Patreon members. I bought this at Salvation Army, this tank top, and I wear it so you pretty regularly. I did. This is a nice shirt. It's not a horse shirt. I'm I, wearing my Vermont 100 t-shirt that I slept in. It's... <laughs> but I put on lipstick. Yes, she did. So fancy. Well, the thing, not, and not to digress too much, but I love video because people are going to see just how much I fidget while sitting still. Uh. <laughs> Only Dude, people I don't realize. Think I noticed that. Maybe because while I'm talking, my eyes wander, and that's probably what you're. you're that's when you're fidgeting, and I'm hoping the words will just come to me. I'm clutching at them. <laughs> no, I love it. Pretty damn excited. Mm. All right. Well, and so I mean, we've been we've been going around the bush. We've been driving around the mountain passes, and we're talking about it. But like, let's let's get down and dirty and talk mindset. Let's, okay. Let's focus. Mm-hmm. Make me focus, Natalie. Mindset is literally the thing that I've been working on for the last five years, arguably the last, God, 14 years since I got back into horses. Mindset is the thing that is why I'm a timid rider, right? Okay. I I think it's so important. I think that's like for people who are like, but you're not a, a timid person. No, but I overthink everything. I'm constantly worried about what ifs, and I don't like not being in control. All of these things go out the window when you have horses. Yes. Like 99% of the time. Like all the time. Like yeah, you're, so the horses are you wondering are my challenge. right now maybe a little what your horses are doing and if they're okay? You are a little. <laughs> Don't make me think about it or I will cry. I just – Because I feel guilty <laughs> that I'm not there. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. So we overthink everything. And so I'm a work in progress. I'm I'm healing through my own journey. But and with horse shows, horse shows are nothing if not mindset. Like this, of course, there's a physical component, which we've talked about on the, you know, recent episode. But mindset, in my opinion, and I've talked to a lot of high level competitors, Olympians, all that mindset is arguably the most important part of showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can work on your physical game day after day after day, and it'll show up for you. Your muscles will show up for you. But you can't go – you can't show up in the show ring and be like a complete basket case. It's just that part you have to work on as well. Yeah. 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 Or the and lead it's up like, to it. You know? Yes. The panic on the way. The panic the night before. The panic in the morning. You know, are you throwing up in your horse trailer? These kind of situations. <laughs> yeah, and and how is that going to affect your riding? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, I was talking to so Sid Collier and I were going through her book, and she we document up to when she goes to Rio for the 2016 Paralympics, and it's really interesting to see she made it, she did it, she was there, and when she's talking about it, she's like, you know what? I was really disappointed in myself. I could have done better. I didn't know enough at the time that I had such nerves and the nerves were what were holding me back. She goes, I thought it was excitement, but it wasn't. And now she sees a sports psychologist and that has made all the difference in the world to her writing. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying everyone should get a sports psychologist. I'm just saying if you address the mental aspect, you're going to be, one, more relaxed. You're going to have more fun. And you're probably going to ride better, too. Yeah. Because, you know, your parent, when, I don't know, when you were a kid, did your mom say, smile, this is supposed to be fun? Because <laughs> all the time. I got that And I was like lot. this. <laughs> right. You know, I'd make a face. The classic response. Yeah, I used to get smile. This is this is fun. Uh quite a lot. And it wasn't fun. I wasn't having fun showing. I was stressed about winning the show. And I think that's could being competitive and wanting to win is one thing, but showing up like I have to win this show, that is the wrong mindset. In my opinion, one thing that I learned from eventing that I really loved when I switched from doing Hunter and Jumper to eventing was that completion was the name of the game, especially back then. Now it's, 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 a, little, it's a little more competitive now, but even in the 90s, it was like, did you, did you get through all three phases? Did no one die? You did it. You evented. <laughs> you know, that was, that was the goal. And that helped me start compartment. Um, the difference between I have to get every stride correct and I'm going to go in there and do a pretty good ride. And if it's not the best, I have two more phases to sort of figure out. <laughs> and all I really need to do is is finish and then we'll see where we're at. And that was a big shift for me as a child, as a teenager, really. Um, and I think that was it's something I always liked about racing as well, is because racing is, did you get there first? Good job. Here's your prize. And it's not so nitpicky. And in sports where you get a round, like a hunter class, hunter terrifies me because- It's very subjective. It's very subjective. to the judges. And you might as well be carrying around a wine glass and be told not to spill a drop. And that's the round that you're looking for. And that to me is insanity. <laughs> like, why would you do that to yourself? It's so hard. You're like, let me take this um, horse and uh, his natural inclination is to run around with his head up and have um, his tail flicking around and be crazy. And I'm going to say, no, horse, we're going to do the opposite of everything and we're going to jump. And if I don't do well, I'm going to cry. Like, oh, no, that's not a good... <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. And that's where we start so many of our children. Well, uh, yeah. And then it's like, how are you going to build confidence? Mm -hmm. I mean, I once interviewed and attended a clinic with a rated judge and we were, we were, the whole goal of the article was, what are you looking for in this? And the amount of stuff, and I even stewarded and, and it, the amount of stuff in the hunters that is just blows my mind. It's like, if you hold your crop wrong or you actually use it too many times or in the wrong area or, oh my God. Yeah. Like there's, and I mean, yes, of course. I don't want you smacking your horse with a crop. But like someone once told me that I should take up dressage. And I said, do you really want me to have more things in my brain to compete dressage? Now, riding dressage, yes, absolutely. But to get in front of a, a dressage judge and be like, I remember the geometry, but if was it two paces or was it three? And then if I did this, was that the medium walk or was it like my brain would literally explode. <laughs> Because I'm already overthinking everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so drawn to the competitive trail and the endurance because it's like if you finish, your horse is in good health, you're in good health, you win. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I do like it when things are distilled down to the simple wins. 
Um, and I think if people are finding themselves so stressed that they can't sleep at night because they might be holding their crop wrong, <laughs> yeah, then raising my hand there it might not be the best fit for your brain. Or you do maybe need a sports psychologist to help you work through that. And listening to the Equestrian Mastermind series that has been recent, um, it's uh. It's. I think it's a podcast that's available everywhere. It's by Ride IQ, but it's available on all podcast channels. Um, and that's with a sports psychologist named Natalie Rummel. And I've learned some stuff from listening to this podcast. She had a visual a visualization that I listened to in the first episode, and it gave me a really clear picture of um, my mindset, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, so basically, you do. You're supposed to imagine yourself going and having the best show jumping around of your life and winning like a five star. And how do you feel at the end of all that? And I thought like, fuck, yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And then these five star riders on the podcast are like, I felt a sense of relief or (laughs) I was like, oh, I might have a problem. (laughs) Oh. Self-awareness is the first step, Natalie. Yeah, I think I'm much more powerful than I am. Hey, listen, my my biggest red flag is that I don't think I'm as good of a writer as I am. Mm -hmm. Listen to that again, right? Like, Wait, no, do say it again. Yeah, so I don't think I'm as good of a writer as I actually am. Oh, yes, okay. And that checks out with your timidity mindset, right? Right. That you think things are it's out all of about control that. when they're not. Exactly. I have not been in a situation in the last ever that I didn't control, mm-hmm. right? Even if the situation ended badly, I was always in control. I never ended up getting seriously injured. I was always able to ride it out or emergency dismount. Like I was always able to walk away from a situation. But in my mind... I don't think I could handle it if things were to turn. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I've been learning to struggle with. So in the show ring, of which I've done, you know, I did a lot as a kid. I was um, on like a limited circuit and in New Jersey. And then I... I uh, I did some schooling shows when I got back into horses, like at my home barn, just to get comfortable. And some embarrassing things did happen, you know, really funny things. But I also won some ribbons, and I I did really well. And the whole thing I thought about in this was like, I don't find this very fun. Yeah. Like the thought of doing a show does not share me. Like it does not give me the like the oh my gosh I have to do it vibes. So I was like, why am I forcing a situation? I think that that is the root of what everybody should do is ask themselves why they want to show, why they've entered a show if it's coming up, and how it makes them feel, and if that's a positive feeling. Yep. Um, the American Eventing Championships, the AACs, are like this coming weekend. And you can qualify for the beginner novice AEC um, by winning or coming in second one time. Just once. You can qualify wow. to go to Kentucky and show a Kentucky horse park in a national championship. And so you see a lot of stress around that <laughs> because um, winning just once is probably not a good indicator that you're going to win at a championship. And what you see are a lot of people 
who are very suddenly feeling like they're in over their heads because they believe they're going to win. That they believe that's the point of going to the championship, right? Is to compete for the championship. I would just be happy to be accepted into a championship. That has to be, it has to be about, like, for me, for a positive, fun experience, you have to look at it as I am uh, going for the experience. I am going for the mileage, right? Like, every show you go to is a little closer to getting that much farther along. Um, You know, I am going to show my horse uh, this particular kind of event, or I'm going to achieve this kind of cross-country run, or I'm going to achieve this score on my test. You know, it something bite-sized that you can say, when I accomplish this, I'll have done it <laughs> and completed and lived and not just going for the first place ribbon or even the eighth place you know, ribbon, of which I have some. Yeah, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, some people really set their goals very high and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to get to that goal and you want to do it by building confidence, you've got to take baby steps. You've got to set smaller goals that will get you there. So like if your goal is the championships, maybe make your first goals like I'm going to win five first place ribbons. Yeah. Or I'm going to, right? Like Mm -hmm. work your way up to it. Or then maybe then I'm going to travel out of state for a competition and see how we do. And that's the second tier goal. You know, like people, it's great to have high expectations. I think everyone should set the bar really high, but it's the, the how to get there that I think people find they almost shoot for the moon and then they they get to the the end of the atmosphere and they lose all their steam. They they just fall right back to the ground. Yeah. And I think the specific nature of horses involves those plateaus and those valleys, right? And so you have a really good run or a really good round. That doesn't mean you've made it to that level. All right. You need to be aware that you're probably going to go down several rungs the next time out because horses because they do things, <laughs> or the weather wasn't quite right, or the judge was an asshole and hates your horse, or you know, like these are all. Or the real... judge was looking for something that you didn't have. In other words, an asshole. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> or your horse maybe was off, or didn't trailer well, or you know, there's so many things there's that go into it. Too many variables to get hung up on any one of them. Really, you're you're going to have really bad outings. And so you might as well. I kind of go in expecting everyone for something to go terribly wrong. And then if it doesn't, great, because I know I'm going to have a bad outing. So why not just, okay, that was today. Or yay, it didn't happen. The worst thing didn't happen. That's optimism. I'm the complete opposite. I'm the optimist where I'm like, I fully expect that things are going to go well. And then I get embarrassed when they don't. I have never expected anything to go well in my entire life ever. Anything. Well, I'm glass half full and you're, you're gin and tonic. Okay? I spilled like, my... <laughs> I'm drinking out of the bottle. Yours is sloshed off in the arena somewhere because you spilled it on the way to the barn. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's, 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 and I think that's for me is, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist because I don't think that's achievable by anybody in any way, shape or form. I want to give my best foot forward. I want to do the best that I know I'm capable of. The problem is I know I'm capable of so much. And when I feel like I disappoint myself, I get in my head about it. I really do. And I am my own worst enemy. 
all the time. If I didn't think about those things, I could be the greatest writer, literally the greatest writer. This makes me think just a little bit about my book writing process. And I'll explain. I like I write a I write a book. I wrote a book this year that I'm putting out I think next month because I wrote it and I finished it and it's going out into the world. But what I could do is rewrite that book five or six times over the next 2 years and it would be better. It would be a better book in all of the technical terms that maybe don't necessarily matter to people who are just like, yay, another book by Natalie, or somebody who wants to read a fun romantic comedy, which is what it is. It's super fun. Um, but maybe it would be like a perfection kind of romantic comedy that people go, oh my God, the writing, the the art. Exquisite. The character's development, right? And I would be super proud of that. And I don't have anything against that. That's how I started. Um, but that's not how I like live my life. And that's not how my ideas work. The way I've set up my life is that um, perfection is the enemy of success. I need to get the book out and write the next book. And I don't really have a problem looking at writing that way either. I don't need my ride to be perfect. I need it to be pretty good and to feel comfortable with it. And then I'm going to untack. I'm going to go do something else. And the same thing's going to happen the next day. And it's all going to add up in 10 years to my pretty good is somewhat better than it was. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. You know what? I, I think that's wonderful. Because that's, I think, the journey that I've been trying to do with the writing myself. And I I couldn't have explained it like that. So. Well, because it, it is a mindset. Because ten years ago, I did not think this way. You know, and five years ago, I don't think I thought this way. But now I see it for what it is, and I also see, hey, I can write something quickly, and it's really good. And five years ago, I could write something quickly, and it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I have still <laughs> improved, even while I've been, you know, what a perfectionist would call in a huge fucking hurry. And I think you can apply that. I really think you can apply that to how you feel about showing or how you feel about riding in general, which is that you're looking for a perfection that doesn't exist right now. No matter how hard you dig in, it's still just going to take hours in the saddle. So just enjoy the hours. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I try to think of it in terms of like today was a good ride and if I have more good rides than bad rides, which I do. Mm-hmm. And and that's why Ferris has been such an amazing confidence builder because I've been able to spend more time in the saddle, been able to work on the things I wanted to with him. But the nice thing too, and this is going to sound weird, but he's neurological, right? Yeah. So we're never going to have a perfect ride. It's never going to be perfect. And that takes the pressure off because if we have a great ride, then I, God, it makes me smile, makes me laugh, makes me cry because I'm so happy Mm -hmm. we did really, really great. If we have a terrible ride, I'm like, you know what? It's just a duff day. We'll try again tomorrow. And it like kind of gives us this, like this, this reason to go a little bit easy on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But you should always like. Give, find yourself, find find a reason to go easy on yourself, I think. And this is where I start wavering into um, 
my own dangerous territory of not doing stuff to protect myself, which is if I show up and I do the work, I could be very successful at whatever I'm working on. And I tend not to show up and do the work because I'm afraid of upsetting the fragile balance of my life. I don't know where that's going. I'm just like drawing all the attention to myself right now. No, no, no. But it's but it's true. It's true. Because I'm the same way. Like, like, I know I can be good at a lot of things. And when I first started working, I was in like 17 different directions, because I would say yes to something. I'm like, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And then I started to pair back. Yeah. And I started to say, you know what, this is what I want to focus on. And what I want to like really improve and the things that I do focus on are the things that do improve and the things that I do get a lot of joy out of. So I had to say, like, let me focus on the things that give me the most joy. Mm -hmm. Now, again, when the kids go back to school, riding will be back in that balance because, you know, right now that's not happening. But there is something to be said about that. So like we almost have to edit ourselves for better or worse. Mm hmm. Yeah, we have to, I, we have to, I think maybe the, the key to finding your own personal mindset is you really have to figure out what your worst tendencies are so you can rein those in by saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this big chunk of mess and I'm going to turn it into this little piece that I can work on. You know, because yeah. so, if you're a perfectionist and the one thing that gives you the most joy in the world is a perfect hunter around, but... You don't maybe you don't have the horse and you don't have the coach and you know, this that and the other thing and it's giving you a lot of stress chasing after that perfect hunter round. Then you got to pick one piece of that round and make that <laughs> make that your favorite. <laughs> yeah, you know because yeah, it's great. You should have goals that scare you. Blah 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 blah. But you got to have goals you can attain, man. <laughs> you know. Like, don't throw a bunch yeah. of stupid quotes at me. I hate quotes that never, never give me quotes, but just be rational. <laughs> you know, listen, self-awareness is a superpower. Mm-hmm. It is. And and I think that there was a big shift between my 30s and 40s yeah. of self-awareness. Like when I hit 40, I was like, the light bulb went off and I was like, oh, my God, this is what my pattern is. Mm-hmm. This is why I, I cycle. This is why I do these things. And so while I've been working on myself since my 30s, I really feel like I've come across some inroads since I turned 40 and had this big shift in mindset and really given myself a little grace and been like, you know what? At least I'm working on it. At least I'm aware and I'm working on it. Yeah. I truly feel like my my strongest and most encouraging piece of advice for anybody like in their 20s or in their 30s too is you'll get older. It, it, you won't always feel like this. <laughs> you will mellow out and you will like it. You will be glad. <laughs> and they'll be like, know. I would I never mellowed out. I would never mellow out. Like, you'll mellow out in the way that's right for you. Right. And you won't hate yourself so much. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. <laughs> you just gotta wait you know it out. Yes. I will say like the thing I hate most is everyone always said it's gonna get better. Listen. That's a bullshit because there's always something. Like there's always something. Yeah. Horrible. And yes, it, it gets better, but then it gets worse again. Okay. So I, I like to say instead, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Like you're going to figure it out. The good, the bad, the ugly, the everything. Like you're going to figure it out. It's You're going to be okay. That's the mindset. And that's that's what I tell myself in the mirror every morning. Just 
you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you, it, you know, you parse it and you try to draw the diagrams and you try to make it work out and it won't work out and you go, all right, you know what? I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> I don't have a map. That's okay. I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I think, and that's the mindset is just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like Walt Disney said. <laughs> Natalie, it's my favorite time because I love it. It seems like we do this every week, but you still surprised. Do you have an adulting win of the week? My adulting win of the week is that I went like a good adult to the doctor a couple days ago and got like my annual or whatever blood work drawn. I don't know if it's annual because I haven't gone to doctor regularly in like eight years, but it seems like maybe it's annual. Octo annual. I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> what uh, do they call so, it? De- it's decade. <laughs> well, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm being a good girl and, and doing my, my health work, you know? Um, and I made the phlebotomist laugh so hard that I then like knocked my hand into the tray because I got kind of excited, like, no, I made a gesture and I knocked my hand against the tray that my arm was resting on and I scared the absolute bejesus. <laughs> she just stared at the needle in my arm, like, oh my god, oh my god. And I said, I didn't feel anything move. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to be like, there was blood everywhere. Like, it was going to be carnage. <laughs> so this is much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just scared her. I made her laugh, but then I scared her because I like to bring, you know, a lot of adrenaline to the table and everything I do. <laughs> go big so or go good. home, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. See, blood work. say you're an introvert. You make everybody laugh. Look at you. I'm so weird. I can't explain my personality. I truly can't. <laughs> I could describe my personality as awkward. (laughs) (laughs) What's your adulting Um, win? (laughs) So my adulting win, I had to think about this, um, but then I didn't. So one, I'm a super packer. Mm. I packed in one suitcase for Iceland and then I just have like a backpack carry on with like my camera and everything like that. So like I am set. And... I've only had to pack and unpack it three times in the last <laughs> month because it's been sitting out there and I've been slowly editing it and you're like, oh, no, I don't need this. Oh, maybe I should waterproof this, whatever. So I'm packed. I'm ready to go and I will not be touching it again. I've locked it. <laughs> oh, my. Bold. <laughs> now, the real I'm question telling is, myself to back will, the fuck up. Okay? Will the key go with you on your trip? <laughs> it is a number lock. So, yes. <laughs> You think I trust myself to carry a key with me? You don't have any idea what happens. What are locks? I mean, my brain doesn't work before vacation, and I'm sure it's not going to work when I'm jet lagged coming home either. Oof. So yeah. So, but I'm all packed and and uh, and I'm ready to go, and I have the correct date of my flight now. So yeah, that's a win right there. You checked ahead of time. I checked ahead of time, and I filed for an upgrade. So. If things go my way, I might be able to have that extra leg room and sleep on my way out there. 
because um, it's an overnight flight, right? which would be ideal because then I can hit the ground running and really have some fun when I get there. Mm. So we'll see. I'll have yeah. to take pictures if that happens. I'll be what bougie. is it, like a seven, eight hour flight? No, it's only it's five hours. It's like flying to, L- like at flying to LA. It's how long? Five hours? Yeah. That's closer. Than, it's closer than London? Yeah. Shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's actually, about anything. it's like northwest of, of, of Europe in the British Isles. So, oh, so when you it's do closer a great to Greenland. Circle, so we go up. Closer. Yeah, oh, so yeah. we fly a little bit north and go up over Greenland and you're kind of yeah. cutting across that Arctic Circle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only five hours now. And so I'm going to like leave around eight o'clock at night, get there at six o'clock in the morning. It's going to be great. <laughs> I can hardly believe it's an overnight flight for five hours. I'm like, please. I know. I could read a well, book. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So, like, I'm telling myself because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be posting a whole bunch of travel tips and things like that coming up because everyone's been asking. Um, it's super easy. You just pretend it's the time you're arriving when you get on the plane. And so instead of me sitting there writing and finishing my book or watching a movie, I'm going to eat, I'm going to sleep, and then I'm going to get up. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm going straight to the Blue Lagoon. You better pick my hair up. They're picking me up at the airport yeah you put it you can't get it in the water so no. you have to put it up in a strict bun and lots of conditioner yeah that's silica it'll be... <sighs> yeah Ooh, but it'll be great for my with... nails <laughs> my broken nails yeah you, uh, regular applications of hoof maker and dipping in the blue lagoon will fix your nails <laughs> yeah they're pretty short with the massage work and everything yeah. but yeah so i'm gonna have so many great photos and videos can't wait. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I haven't done any photography really in like at least a year and a half. So I'm due. Even when I do photography, I don't upload the photos. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> well, why not? Because that step just doesn't, it just doesn't enter into my brain. It's so, just more work. I have a quick note for you because <laughs> technology has come a little far. So I used to have that problem too. So I have I have a Nikon mirrorless. I'm bringing yeah. my lighter camera with me, um, and I've set it up so Nikon has image space and they have like a snap bridge. So I just the the camera itself has Bluetooth, so it will automatically transfer to that app on my phone if my Bluetooth is on. I have and so all of by the things. time I get back to the hotel, mm-hmm. my photos are there and I could just edit them and go. Like they're yeah. right on my phone already. I have never I I've used it several years ago but not in the past two years <laughs> I have i'm saying it's an option i could i could honestly i could close my laptop right now i could walk out flick on my nikon and fill up my phone memory <laughs> with this with the snap bridge um but i won't it's not gonna <laughs> that's your that's your red flag that's your oh my god <laughs> You're cute. I don't show up for myself, Heather. <laughs> well, you and everybody else. Right. I think it's, <laughs> that's that's pretty cute. Okay, I like it. All right. Thanks, well, we'll cute. see. I'll try to be a good example for yeah, you, you when I that. come back and show you just how easy it is. All right. <laughs> You're too funny. Thank you for being a little weird with us, horse girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women.